It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Good morning and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Brenna Thompson, licensed and registered dietitian, and this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. We have seven offices spread across the Twin Cities metro area, and I see clients in our Maple Grove and North Oaks locations. Each week, we bring you information on how eating real foods in balance can help to heal your body and boost your metabolism. Let me ask you a personal question this morning. Do you know what your risk of developing cancer is? Do you think you're at high risk or low risk? Maybe you've already battled cancer and know that you are at a higher risk than someone who has never had it. Maybe several people in your family have had cancer. Are you worried about developing it yourself? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I bet many people do not know that 90 to 95 percent of all cancers are related to environmental or lifestyle factors. I mean, so many people just think it's genetic, but that leaves only 10% of cancers with a strong genetic component. And what this really means is we have the power to reduce our risk of developing cancer by changing our diet, our lifestyle, our environment. And with me this morning, you already heard her, is our co-host, Joanne Rideout, registered and licensed dietitian. She also sees clients in Maple Grove, as well as our Wyzetta office. Joanne, so many people these days have had experience themselves battling cancer or seen a loved one go through it. Right. Yeah. So while doing research for today's show, I had to ask myself why cancer prevention mattered to me. At first, I thought, I'm not worried about getting cancer. (laughs) But really, when I think about it, several people in my family have had skin cancer. And my mom has what is called stage one chronic lymphocytic leukemia which makes her more susceptible to developing skin cancer. Mm -hmm. This means I have plenty of reasons to eat the weight and wellness way. It was also a motivator for me to finally go to a dermatologist a couple weeks ago and have a full body scan to look at a lot of my moles. And I have a lot of them. And they actually removed eight. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. So they took eight moles and I found out I do not have skin cancer. That's good. But they did find some abnormal cells. Uh So now my prevention plan is to keep eating the weight and wellness way. (laughs) Keep eating lots of vegetables. Yes. And And everything else we're going to talk about today. (laughs) Right. And now I know that I'm going to keep going to the dermatologist once a year. I do that too. Yeah. Help me keep track of those. Right. Uh, Both of my parents have had um, cancerous cells removed. Mm -hmm. But also my dad had a large mole. Uh, removed from his nose, they thought he went in thinking it was a small mole and he ended up, it ended up being a pretty extensive procedure. So that scared me a little too. I bet. So there are hundreds of different types of cancer and obviously we can't discuss all of them, but any of the suggestions we make are going to help people to support their healthy cells and that, that will therefore reduce their risk of developing cancer. So because it's the number two killer in women, we've already done several shows on breast cancer. Um, But there's also 
other archive shows on the Weight and Wellness webpage dealing with cancer prevention and prostate cancer. And you can find all those shows at weightandwellness.com. I also have several other women in my family, my, my including my grandma and my aunt, um, that have had breast cancer. My dad has had lymphoma. So there's quite a bit of it in my family. There is. And have you, so with the breast cancer, people often think about that BRCA1 gene. Yeah. Uh, has anybody in your family tested for that? I don't know that they have, but I mean, because this really was several years ago. Mm-hmm. And the other side, you know, when I've gone to the doctor about it, and um, they've said because it's on my dad's side that I'm not at risk as, as much at risk. Sure. But I don't know about that. You know, we'll see. But I'm just doing all the prevention things, of course. That's right. Let's just keep up with the prevention. <laughs> I'm going to work on prevention. Yeah. <laughs> And Joanne, have you noticed that a lot of our clients have a history of skin cancer? Many times it kind of seems like an afterthought on their health history form. Yeah, it does. It, well, it's always interesting. Those afterthoughts are can be very telling, right? Yes. Um, so I've seen this many times and, and a lot of the ki- clients come in and they have visible scars from where moles and, and cancers have been removed from their face, like my dad does mm-hmm. with his nose. Um, it's amazing. It is. And I think we all know that avoiding excess sun exposure and wearing sunscreen is one step that we can take to prevent skin cancer. But did you know that your nutrition plays a role as well? That's right. And this is good news to people since only five to 10%, since five to 10% of melanomas can reoccur. They also require more extensive sur- surgery. So that is the more severe type. And also some of the basal cell carcinomas can be very aggressive. Those, those are damaging the skin around them, even invading the bone and cartilage underneath the skin. And you were kind of saying that's similar kind of to what happened to your dad that with happened, the yep. mole on his nose. Yep, they didn't realize it was that deep until they got in there, which was kind of scary. So if you have a suspicious growth, you should see a dermatologist promptly. So like all cancers, early detection is best and increases a person's chance of survival. So just like Brenna and I both were talking about, an annual checkup at the dermatologist's office is a really good idea. And it's it's quick and right. I have to say for the fact that I had eight moles removed, it really wasn't that bad. Right. <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> it's really not that bad. <laughs> And in the past, maybe you were like my mom and you were afraid of fat. She would often serve steamed broccoli and carrots without any butter or olive oil on them. And, you know, they didn't taste all no, that they great. Don't. It just it was <laughs> steamed broccoli. I think we all know what that tastes like. Yeah. And if she had known that these healthy fats would protect her cells, I bet she would have added butter back then. Of she course. does now. Of course. Yeah. Yep. And I do too. I was like your mom though, because I I was in that generation where we were very, very low fat for many, many years, mm-hmm. or at least tried to be. Um, but just imagine every cell in your body that has a thin layer of fat around it, your skin cells, your stomach lining cells, your liver cells, your brain cells, all those cells have a layer of fat that allows the cells to determine what nutrients get in and out of the cells? So do you want a strong, healthy layer of fat around your cells or a crusty, broken layer of fat? Whenever I ask that question in class, <laughs> everybody says, Ooh, Ew, that's a crusty cells. Ew. 
Now, the, to create a healthy layer, healthy <laughs> fatty membrane around our cells, we want to eat plenty of saturated fats such as butter and coconut oil and organic lard if you can get your hands on it. Right. These are really good at building strong cell walls. But processed fats such as refined hydrogenated, partially hydrogenated, say vegetable, soybean, corn, cottonseed oils, these do not create healthy cells. That's right. Instead, they create more inflammation in our bodies and they create cells which are susceptible to damage, such as sun damage, which can lead to skin cancer. That's right. And food companies are getting smart. They know that consumers want foods that are trans fat free. This means making food products without partially hydrogenated oils, but they still can replace those oils with other processed or refined oils. So those aren't really much better for us, like the corn corn oil, soybean oil. The proverbial vegetable oil. oil. Yes. (laughs) Which I say, have you ever seen a vegetable that made oil? Right. It's not a very oily food. It isn't. (laughs) And where might these damaged oils be hiding in your diet? To find out, you're going to have to look in your refrigerator, your freezer, your Mm -hmm. pantry, Mm -hmm. your purse, (laughs) your desk drawer. (laughs) Right. And many cereals and breads contain refined canola and soybean oil. That one always surprised me. Yes. Mm -hmm. But most store-bought cookies and cakes, these contain refined oils. Girl Scout cookies. Oh, they sure do. They, (laughs) all of them, except for one contain refined oils and high fructose corn syrup. Wow. I have also seen refined oils in cereal. Yep. Yep. Definitely. So another place that processed refined oils hide is in salad dressing. So we recommend looking for a salad dressing which uses unrefined canola oil. On the label that might say organic canola oil or cold-pressed or expeller-pressed canola oil. Those words are... They mean that we just squished it. But it really means it's mechanically pressed. Yes. So it, it just isn't processed chemically. And so examples of those, um, another example, sunflower seed oil, Annie's Organic or Drew's, <clears throat> Cindy's Kitchen or Salad Girl. So all of those dressings <clears throat> are using more of that unrefined, that expeller-pressed canola exactly. oil. Exactly. Or say the Cindy's Kitchen or the Salad Girl, they're using the sunflower seed oil. Right. Or then, or an olive oil-based dressing like Tesame or Bragg's would be best, of course. Or you can make your own. They're really easy to make. Mm-hmm. So while these unsaturated fats are not as stable as the saturated ones, they still build much healthier cell walls than the other processed fats. That means that eating a big salad with one of those healthy salad dressings will help your body absorb more of the fat-soluble vitamins in them. And fat-soluble vitamins include A, E, and K. And these vitamins have been shown to help reduce people's risks of many types of cancer. Right. And I think we're going to continue talking about that after break. Right? Sounds like a plan. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Is your diet in in the need of some spring cleaning? Some sprucing up? It is spring cleaning time. Have you thrown out your New Year's resolutions out that dirty window? Or do you struggle with knowing which foods to keep in the house? Which should you put in the garbage? Well, you're in luck because starting this coming week, we will be teaching the six-week weight and wellness series in our offices. So grab a pen and paper, and when we come back, we're going to give the times and locations. If you have any questions for us today, give the studio a call, 
Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Brenna Thompson, registered and licensed dietitian, and this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Are you ready to spring clean your diet? Then call our offices and sign up for the six-week weight and wellness series where we teach you how food affects your body. Everything you want to know about nutrition and blood sugar, nutrition and gut health, nutrition and mood, we cover it all. Classes are from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. once a week. North Oaks will have classes starting Monday night, the 28th. St. Paul and Lakeville will start on Tuesday. Maple Grove starts on Wednesday night. And finally, the Wyzetta and Woodbury locations will start on Thursday night, the 31st. To sign up, call the main office at 651-699-3438. That's an excellent class. It if anybody is a- hasn't taken it yet, it's really good. It is fantastic. Right. So, Brenna, before break, we were talking about Girl Scout cookies, and I bet a few people's ears perked up. We were talking about the damaged fats in them. The hydrogenated oils. (laughs) Yes, but you said there was one that did not have damaged fats in it. So tell us which one. I was surprised to look online, and I I looked at all the cookies, and there's a lot more than when I was a Girl Scout. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The one cookie that is actually made with butter and real sugar, Mm -hmm. not just trans fats and hydrogenated oils right. is actually the gluten-free cookie. Wow. <laughs> Which kind of made me chuckle a little that bit. Is, that is good to know. When I saw that. <laughs> so Not that we want you to go out and eat a bunch of them, but you know. Because sugar is sugar. It still is. But I always tell my clients, I say, if you're going to do baking at Easter or Christmas or Thanksgiving. For special occasions. For special occasions, at least use real butter. Yeah. Please. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so these damaged fats. Right. That we were talking about the trans fats, the refined oils like corn oil, vegetable, canola. Mm-hmm. One place that we find them is salad dressings. Right. And right. so before break, you had given kind of a list of some salad yeah. dressings. Yeah, and we I thought we would review that list again in case you just tuned in. The salad dressings that we found most, um, most clean are uh, the Annie's Organic or Drew's, Cindy's Kitchen, Salad Girl. That's also a really good brand. Um, it's so good. It is so good. Have and you had the chili lime? No, I haven't. But oh I've, my gosh! I've had the blueberry one. I mm. love that one. It's very good. So, um, but then also using an olive oil ba- based dressing. So I love the Bragg's um, ginger sesame one. That one is great. That one's really good. And there's another brand, Tesame, that has olive oil in it too. Yes. So some good choices. Good choices to put on that big salad so that you can absorb more of those fat soluble vitamins A, E, and K. That's right. And vitamin A is very important in cancer prevention, but it's a tricky vitamin to get enough of. The best sources are liver and egg yolks. So for many years, we were avoiding those things because of cholesterol, but now we know we don't need to anymore. That's right. (laughs) Eat the yolks. Exactly. So a study in the Journal of Investigative Dermatology found that people who supplemented with vitamin A in the form of retinol had a 40% decreased risk of developing skin cancer. That's significant. That's huge. Yeah. But that eating foods high in vitamin A did not get, such as liver and egg yolks, did not give the same benefit. 
Um, neither did supplementing with beta carotene from a type of vi- vitamin A from plants. So that's interesting. Why do you think that is? So the part that I was really interested in here was the fact that eating foods high in vitamin A, right. like the liver and egg yolks, wasn't preventative. Because but we, we know food is always helpful. Food is helpful. And I thought about this and I thought, well, maybe, not maybe. We know. We know. <laughs> Most people don't actually eat that much liver. So I thought, so the people on their study, when they, you know, if they just ask them, do you eat liver? Well, even if you said yes. Yeah, there's not really a quantity there. There's not a quantity. So how often was it? Once a year? Less than that? Mm -hmm. And for many years, as we had been talking about, a lot of people were not eating egg yolks. Right. And the recommended intake of vitamin A is between 700 and 900 micrograms. Right. These are really tiny amounts. Right. And most supplements contain about 5,000 to 10,000 international units I use, or those are converted into 1,500 to 3,000 micrograms of vitamin A. Now we compare that to one egg, and that one egg yolk only contains 70 micrograms. Right. That So even if you are eating Two egg yolks every morning. Right. You're still only getting 140 micrograms. And these supplements that they were giving these people had, you know, 10 times that amount. Of course. And so many people are still afraid to eat eggs. Yes, they are. It amazes me. But um, so when we say two to three egg yolks, you know, that's great. That's great. Go for that. But if you were to just eat one ounce of liver, you'd be getting the same amount of vitamin A or around 5,000 IUs as that found in the supplement. So if you did that daily, but who's doing that daily? Not Not many people. Not very many. So if this research had focused on people who ate liver every week um, or daily, (laughs) Daily. daily, um, maybe they would have seen a lower incidence of skin cancer in that group. And I think that's just where... Whenever we're reading research, we have to be detectives right. and we have to think critically. That was what one of my professors always said in college. Right. She's, mm-hmm. You have to be a critical thinker Yes, when you're looking at any of this nutrition research and just don't read the abstract. Uh-huh. Go in and dig a little deeper. Don't just, right. you know, go off of what you hear in the news because... right. Well, and a, and a big part of that is how many people they tested or what were the questions they asked. And yep. you really have to look at all that. Yes. Now, if you have had skin cancer or if you spend lots of time in the sun, how are you going to protect your skin nutritionally? Do you think you could go home and replace your margarine or other spreadable butters with real butter and coconut oil? That sounds like a great idea. It sounds like a delicious idea. <laughs> exactly. Or could you replace your salad dressings that contain soybean oil with those dressings we talked about, which use olive oil or any other cold-pressed or organic oil? A question that I've been getting a lot lately, because have you been to the olive oil stores? Yes. Where you can go in and you can sample the olive mm-hmm. oils and the balsamic vinegars? Yes. And a lot of times people, clients are coming in and they say, well, is that good? Yeah. Olive oil. And from my understanding, it is. I think so, too. Yeah, it's it's good quality, and they keep them in those really dark right. containers so they're yeah. not being damaged by light. Yep. So, yeah, if you want to go to those olive oil stores... And, and they're flavored, and they're tasty. They're very good. And the people working there can give you tips on, and on making your own dressing. <laughs> and samples. 
<laughs> That's right. And could you start eating liver one, maybe two times a week? Yeah. One of my favorite ways to eat liver is organic brown schweiger that I have bought at the co-ops. And you can also get it online. Mm-hmm. But I also like to make my own liver pate that I will eat with raw carrots and cucumbers and celery. And I personally just follow the Julia Child recipe. Oh, good. And good to know. Yes. And it is so good. I actually tricked oh. my 17-year-old niece That's into awesome. eating it. Wow. And she liked it. Wow. I should... You've, you've given me a challenge. I'll have to try that. Do it. I've never tried that. <laughs> or people might consider taking a cod liver oil supplement. It's another great source of vitamin A. One teaspoon per day will give you almost as much as vitamin A as eating that one ounce of liver. It has a nice lemon flavor. Plus, it might just help reduce your risk of skin cancer. And one more tip on that cod liver oil is... Some people find it very, it helps very much with acne. It's also really for any skin condition. Right. Vitamin A is really important because of the keratin yes. in our skin. And vitamin A is very supportive of that. Yep. So if you have eczema, dermatitis, psoriasis, psoriasis yep. all of those, little cod liver oil. Very common conditions. Might go a long ways. Yep. That's very true. Now, I think before we keep moving along here maybe we take our second our break break yeah yep. you're listening to dishing up nutrition i'm brenna thompson registered and licensed dietitian have you seen the recent commercials for ihop's new french toast breakfasts <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> i have especially when i'm at the gym in the morning they look so stinking delicious and <laughs> really french toast was one of my favorite foods in college But I decided to do a little digging and I looked into the nutrition (laughs) information (laughs) because I thought I have got to keep myself from wanting to go to IHOP. Gotta stay away. (laughs) Yes. Now, they didn't have any information on the new banana, peanut butter and chocolate double dip French toast, which is the one that was really calling my name from the TV. Yes. But I did look up the strawberry banana French toast and a serving has 800 calories 30 of them from fat, of which I believe most of it is soybean oil. Sure. Because there was no butter on their ingredient list. Sure. 135 grams of carbohydrate. Wow. So we take that, divide it by four. We know that that French toast serving is going to turn into 34 teaspoons of sugar. That's lots and lots and lots of sugar. It is lots of sugar. Lots of inflammation. Lots of inflammation and promotion of Cancer cells. Absolutely. Now, if you need help getting over (laughs) your French toast, pancake, and waffle cravings, make an appointment with a nutritionist at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. That's right. We can help you get over those old college cravings. (laughs) So call our office at 651-699-3438. You can also go online at weightandwellness.com. If you have questions for us today here in the studio about oils, cancer, skin cancer, Mm -hmm. liver, (laughs) give us a call here in the studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Joanne Rideout, registered and licensed dietitian. Today, Brenna Thompson, another nutritional weight and wellness dietitian, and I are discussing nutrition to prevent cancer. So before break, Brenna discussed how IHOP French Toast contains... So many, <laughs> so much, so, so many ingredients, so much sugar. Um, she was reminiscing over the new IHOP French toast commercials. 
<clears throat> they just called me. I'm in the gym. It's got to be because I haven't had breakfast yet. That's because you're hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> 30 grams of fat from soybean oil makes cells weak against cancer and 135 grams of carbs, 34 teaspoons of sugar. So how could you eat French toast without getting all those sugar and damaged fats? Make it at home. Make it at home. Exactly. Limit yourself to one slice. Use real maple syrup, but not too much. And then cook it in butter mm-hmm. and top it with real whipped cream. Yes. And then balance out those carbs and that fat with some extra protein, such as the egg bake from our website, weightandwellness.com. That sounds like a really good option. And you've got a delicious brunch for tomorrow morning. Exactly. Before the Easter egg hunt. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It looks like we have a collar. Well, let's go ahead and take it. All right. Julie, you have a question? Yeah, my son was diagnosed, well, they think it's mono because the test came back negative, but he has all the other signs. Just wondering what foods he could eat to help him out. Good. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Good question. I, does he have much of an appetite right now? No. Uh, what are the things that he is actually interested in eating at the moment? Ice cream for his throat. <laughs> Ice cream for of his course. throat, of course. <laughs> oh, I would say maybe some applesauce. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or I know they even make some frozen fruit bars. Mm-hmm. It, it's one yeah. of those where I go, it's not perfect. Right. Or even sometimes people take frozen berries and mix it with cream and put that in a blender. So yeah. that yeah, makes a little of- healthier version of the... Mm-hmm. Like a smoothie. He was kind of talking about that. Right. So, yeah, the smoothie would okay. be great. And you can take those protein shakes and freeze them, and those are excellent. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you could freeze it, and if you just left it in there for an hour or so, it might just get, like, really cold. Mm-hmm. Or you could pour it into little Dixie cups, which I've right. done before. Do the popsicle sticks. Right. Those are okay. good, too. Yeah, okay. the dynamic greens in there, too, would help a lot with the boosting a lot of fruits system. and vegetables for the immune system, yep. Mm-hmm. And the protein. And I think it's just one of those where it's not going to be forever. So if it's not perfect, perfect, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Okay. Just, help, even, just e- get him lots of rest. And, yeah. and even smoother foods like scrambled eggs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does like eggs. So yeah. That's a good yeah. Idea. Those are good, okay. too. There you go. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, where were we? French toast. Yes. Make it at home. (laughs) Exactly. Now, another nutrient that's important to building strong cells, but also a strong immune system. So I guess this would be good for our caller. Absolutely. As we had mentioned, the smoothies. The proteins. The smoothies, the eggs. Yes. So getting, trying as much as we can to get some protein in him. Right. But of course, we understand that when you have strep or mono. Right. Your throat's not up to normal. That's right. (laughs) But we need protein to build strong immune systems, specifically animal protein. Exactly. So, and I bet a lot of listeners are shocked to hear that. Because in the past, many people have thought that animal protein causes cancer. I know I've heard that. I've seen it in documentaries and read it in books and on Facebook. And it seems like every year there's another study encouraging us to eat a plant-based diet to prevent cancer. And you know what? I agree (laughs) with part of it. (laughs) Yeah, with a good chunk of it. We do need to eat lots of vegetables, some fruits, some beans, 
and nuts, but we also need a side of meat or Absolutely. fish or poultry. We need that animal protein. We need that animal protein to supply our bodies with enough protein to keep our immune system strong so that it can identify and attack cancer cells. That's right. And remember earlier in the show, we talked about how cell walls are made up of fat. And inside those walls are proteins. And those proteins act like doors. They regulate what gets in and what gets out of the cell. So other proteins in our bodies act like messengers. And they send signals telling our cells and they tell our immune cells what to do. And without enough protein, our cells might let damaging free radicals inside. And those free radicals attack the cell's DNA, which leads to inflammation and cancer. Yep. And the way that we always describe free radicals is (laughs) a couple different ways. I always think of Nell, and she talks about them being the little ninja throwing stars. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Or other people think of them as little razor blades that come along and create little nicks and cuts. In mm-hmm. all of your cells. And that's and that's very true. Yeah. They are damaged cells. So without enough protein, our immune system will be weak as a result of that damage, won't be able to identify the damaged cells, and over time, these damaged cells can multiply and can become tumors. How much protein do we need to support our immune system and prevent cancer? I bet that's the question on your mind. Right. So research has shown that to support a healthy immune system, we need to eat at least 60 grams of protein. But that's minimally. Um, As practicing dietitians, we know that for many people that's not enough. And that amount, 60 grams, would be equal to about two four-ounce servings of meat, which is about the size, four ounces is about the size of a woman's palm of her hand. And whenever I try and look at the palm of my hand mm-hmm. and use that as my measuring guide, I don't give myself enough protein. Right. And it might sound crazy, but I use a food scale. Sure. To make sure that I eat enough protein. That's a really good way to do it because when the meat cooks, some of the substance, some of it goes away. Yep. Um, it, some of the, the oil cooks out or the fat cooks out. And then we end up with probably about 80%. Yes. 75 to 80% of our meat, actually. So if you weigh it after it's cooked, then you know you have a good solid portion. Right. And a lot of times people will tell me, oh, I ate a four-ounce burger. And I say, no, you actually ate a three-ounce burger. Exactly. So you need another ounce of some protein in there. That's right. And many of our clients know that if they only eat a total of eight ounces of cooked protein per day, they are hungry and they have cravings for sugar. And I believe that it is much better for them to eat more animal protein to help them avoid that sugar craving or that carb craving that's going to increase inflammation and lower their immune system. That's right. That's right. I agree. And doesn't that mean we, this doesn't mean we want people eating fast food burgers or roast beef sandwiches or chicken nuggets to get in their protein because these fast foods come paired with the damaged trans fats the extra processed carbs, and oftentimes other inflammatory ingredients such as nitrates. And have you heard all the news in the past several years about how red meat causes cancer? Mm -hmm. I know we have. Yes. Well, I looked into that research, and what it really showed was that processed meats are to blame for the increased risk of cancer. And Joanne is pointing at me because we have a caller. we have a caller. So we're going to come back to this topic. But, um, Carrie, do you have a question? 
Um, yes, I was calling because we're very concerned. Um, my uh, grandson, who is eight years old, is very picky eater. Um, how he will not eat any meat unless, of course, it's chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. which he thinks is meat. And um, but he will eat all vegetables and fruits. And so, worst case scenario, and he will not eat smoothies, it, none of that. Very, very picky. And so, what would be your <laughs> suggestion on how we can, you know, we try, we do try to introduce that stuff to him, you know, take a bite, take a bite, and mm-hmm. he'll try it occasionally. But it, you know, to me, he's not growing very fast. And, the doctors just say, oh, you know, they'll outgrow it or this or that. And it's just concerning. Right. How does he do with eggs? He's allergic to eggs. Oh, that's not <laughs> yeah. a good option then. I was going to suggest no, an egg bake, but exactly. that's not a good option. <laughs> exactly. So what about like sausage or meatballs or some of those ground well, meats that are a little he, bit softer he won't even try. He won't even try hamburger. Wow. Mm-mm. How, How about, old is he? Eight. Wow. What about chicken? Um, uh, chicken nuggets, um, I've tried making them homemade, you know, right. without the whatever. So we've tried that. What about and ground chicken? That's a little bit softer. How would you make that? What would you do with that? How, you, ground? Could, you could do the, it's like chicken and mix it. Make it like a wild a wild rice meatball line recipe. I believe is yeah. online yeah, or something like that. Either. No, I'm I wondering what if you just but, start calling everything a chicken nugget? Right. <laughs> I've exactly. heard of people doing that. Well, where they you make- could. Yeah, you could take the chicken, the ground chicken. What I was thinking is the ground chicken, making it into the shape of a nugget and doing that recipe as opposed to taking a piece of chicken breast would make it a softer texture. That's a good idea. Yeah. And I just, you know, I mean, I know possibly he'll outgrow it. And mm-hmm. it's just with his allergic thing to eggs, he, he you know, gets yeah. sick and throws up. And so he has, he won't eat right. you know, cupcakes, cakes, none of that. But what's really funny is he'll eat tomatoes and, you know, all that stuff that you wouldn't think a kid would really want. And he eats all the vegetables and all the fruits. What and about so, spaghetti sauce? Yes, he likes spaghetti sauce. So put lots mm-hmm. of meat in that. Does he eat? Does he pick around the meat even in that? Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah I like no. Joanne's idea of making the the chicken nuggets. The chicken nuggets yeah. with the ground meat. With ground meat, I, that really mm-hmm. does work. Then maybe slowly I, try and <laughs> add in some turkey, but just keep calling it a chicken nugget. Yes. Yeah. That's a good idea. I'm going to look into that. Do you guys have a good recipe for chicken nuggets or anything? We or? do have a chicken nugget recipe. Um, okay. I don't know if it's on the. I don't know website. if it's online, but you can call into one of the offices. Yeah, we could. Yeah, I will share it with just, you. It's just you know the doctors don't seem to you know, and and I am such no. a firm believer in you know the protein thing. So oh, absolutely. Like, oh. Um, so it's just so frustrating when they won't eat, and you know when you see that they're not growing that much or anything, that's very concerning. So yes, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we might have to visit. Okay, all right. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your suggestion. All right. Thank you. Thanks uh-huh. for a good call. Thanks for calling. All right. We do need to go to break. And thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. While doing research for today's show on cancer prevention, I noticed an interesting connection between the nutrients for cancer prevention and fertility. A strange connection, maybe. Yeah. But it's there. It's there, definitely. In her book, Real Food for Mother and Baby, Nina Plank states, Fertility foods include fats because they are essential for human health. We cannot live without them. Liver, butter, and egg yolks carry fertility nutrients such as vitamins A, D, and K. Yep. 
As nutritionists, we know these nutrients are very important for cancer prevention. When we come back from break, Joanne will share some more information about that very important vitamin K and its role in cancer prevention. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Joanne Rideout, registered and licensed dietitian. And today's topic is nutrition for cancer prevention. And before break, Brenna was mentioning that many of the nutrients we need to support fertility in healthy babies are also the nutrients we need to prevent cancer. And one of those important nutrients is vitamin K. Studies have shown that vitamin K supports normal white blood cell formation, helping to prevent leukemia. It also causes abnormal cells to die off before they form tumors in the brain or the stomach, liver, or colon. So what foods have vitamin K in them, you might wonder? So butter, aged cheese from grass-fed cows are a couple item or a couple foods that have vitamin K. Those are the best sources and the most of the most potent form of vitamin K such as known as K2. But also green leafy vegetables such as kale, broccoli, spinach, Beet greens, collard greens, and Swiss chard are also excellent sources of vitamin K. Maybe our previous caller, maybe her, it was her grandson, maybe he would right. eat some, some cheese. Right. For some protein. We also yep. kind of had some other thoughts over break that we're kind of thinking he might be low in stomach acid. Mm-hmm. And a couple nutrients that are needed to help make more stomach acid would definitely be zinc. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps if he, even though he's eight, if he's able to swallow a capsule, he could do the reacted zinc. Right. Um, or we do or have the zinc challenge. The zinc challenge, which is a liquid zinc. Which is like, yeah, that's liquid. And that might help him start to make a little more stomach acid, which tends to increase people's appetite yep. for meat. Exactly. But then you had also maybe thought Said of acidophilus. Poss- possibly acidophilus, which is a pr- good probiotic. Even, you know, a combination of some bifido, some acidophilus, and then alternating those mm-hmm. throughout the day. So this is getting a little complicated. <laughs> and we would suggest a nutrition consult also because maybe there are some other underlying issues that, you know, and sometimes it takes try this and then try another thing mm-hmm. and try another thing kind of one at a time. Yeah. And sometimes it's a process to turn that mm-hmm. around. And we know that time is getting short here for today's show. And we were talking about meat and the fact that in the past several years, there's always a new study about how red meat causes cancer. And as usual, we're looking at that research. And what it really showed was that processed meats are to blame for that increased risk, specifically of colon cancer. Exactly. And those processed deli meats, sausages, bacon, fast food, typically contain nitrates and nitrites which for some people cause intestinal inflammation, which is what leads to cancer. Mm -hmm. This is why we recommend buying nitrate-free deli meats as often as possible and also nitrate-free sausages, bacon, and other processed meats. And they're becoming much easier to find. You can get them at Cub, Target, Festival. So you just have to read the label. And Hormel Natural... Is one you can get everywhere. And Applegate Farms are are found just about anywhere. But there are also many other brands. Yes, there are. Another meat connection to cancer has to do with how we cook it. 
burnt or charred meat contains two inflammatory compounds called heterocyclic amines and polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Say that 10 times fast. (laughs) Studies have shown a correlation between eating charred or well-done meats and an increased risk of breast, prostate, colon, and pancreatic cancers. Right. So instead of charring your meats in the pan or on the grill, try using a lower temperature. Even grilling on low, grilling on low to medium temperature, Mm -hmm. cooking with moisture, such as broth or oil in a stew or braising on low or medium heat is another way to prevent those cancer causing compounds to form. This is kind of a good excuse to use your crock pot. Exactly. Or pots are great. They are great. But I tell you what, I have discovered the instant pot. Have you heard of these? I've heard of them. I have not tried them. It's an electric pressure cooker. Awesome. And I'm borrowing one from Liz, who's manning the front desk in North Oaks. Cool. And it it's amazing because the other night, Ryan cooked seven pounds of pork roast. Wow. In this thing in an hour and a half. Wow. I know. How fast. <laughs> like That's great. It was amazing. And the best part was we got it done. Mm-hmm. And then we had pork roast. For the entire week. Right. And it was so easy to just go in, Perfect. grab and go something, you know. That makes your lunches for the week. It does. Or dinners. Exactly. Or the other day I did, I think, five pounds of chicken thighs mm-hmm. with just a curry sauce on it. Right. And I had it done in 20 minutes. Right. Right. And so easy. And the cleanup is much easier than the crock pot because those crocks get really heavy. They do. They yes. do. Oh. I actually plugged my crock pot in this morning already. For chili for tonight. So oh, fantastic. just browned the meat and then put all the rest of the ingredients in and made it super quick. Voila. Yeah. So before we go, Joanne and I just want to take a little time to recap a few points to help all of our listeners prevent cancer. That's right. And to build strong cell walls that are resistant to cancer, we talked about eating real fats such as butter, coconut oil, and olive oil. Throw out those old salad dressings and other products that contain hydrogenated oils or other processed fats such as corn oil, soybean oil, vegetable oil, or cottonseed oil. Wear your cotton, don't eat it. That's right. Eat foods that are rich in vitamin A. Egg yolks are a good start, but liver is better. Yep. If the idea of eating liver and onions or brown schweiger turns you off, consider taking a teaspoon of cod liver oil daily to help you get enough of that important nutrient. That's right. And eat lots of protein. Four to six ounces at every meal or about the size of the palm of your hand will support healthy cells and a healthy immune system. Then serve up that protein with a very big side of vegetables. Very big side. Very. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition this morning. If you found this show interesting, please share it with a friend or family member. Our message each week is how eating real food supports your health. It's a simple but a powerful life-changing message. Be sure to tune in next week when Dar and Leah interview special guest Dr. Mary Newport, whose research into coconut oil is changing the lives of people with Alzheimer's disease and other neurodegenerative diseases. And we hope you all have a very happy and healthy Easter weekend. Yes, have a great Easter. And you too, Brenna. You too, Joanne. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. 
The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.